This podcast is brought to you by Conquer Cancer, the ASCO Foundation. Our mission is to accelerate breakthroughs in life-saving cancer research and empower people everywhere to conquer cancer. You can help by donating at conquer.org forward slash podcast. Welcome to Your Stories, a podcast where we hear candid stories from people conquering cancer. I am your host, Dr. Mark Lewis. There is no right way to mourn someone you have lost to cancer, but we could all learn a few lessons from 11-year-old Nika Hirsch. Nika's dad, Rico, died from cancer in 2021. Nika joins us with her mom, Chiana, to talk about how they honor Rico by spreading hope and inspiring kindness around the world. Nika and Gina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. We really are really honored to be here. Yeah. So, Nika, I had to start by telling you something. First of all, I, I know I might appear kind of a scary doctor in a white coat. What I want you to see me as is as another person who lost a parent to this horrible disease. So the reason I even became an oncologist is when I was eight years old, my dad, like your dad, was diagnosed with cancer. And I was very fortunate in that I got six years with him after his diagnosis. And he died when I was 14 years old and he was 49. So we all go through grief differently. And I am really inspired by how you have handled this situation. I know it doesn't make it completely easy, but it's it's really remarkable, especially at your age, what you've been doing. Can you tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, about your dad and about your family? My family that I grew up with was my mom and dad, my brother Noah and my sister Kaya, and my dog Scrappy and Piper. I have two older siblings named Jason and Leah, but they live out west and are a lot older than me. What are some some things that you love about your dad? I loved he was always funny. He was really bad at drawing. We always made fun of him for that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sounds very familiar. Yeah. Yes, he was super outgoing. He wanted yeah. to know everything about everyone. So a lot of times we'd be checking out at the grocery store and Nika and I would be at the car and he would still be talking to the person at the checkout lane, finding out, you know, where they went to elementary school and where they were from. Yeah. He just, he loved life. Yeah. He really did. Sounds like he was so sociable and outgoing. And Nika, would you say that he told dad jokes? Yeah, he did. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's what my kids say about me. And and they would definitely say that I'm bad at drawing too. My my daughter is an incredible artist. She actually did one of these paintings that's behind me. I see that zebra there that she did that. So she's got talent where I don't. But speaking of art, I want to bring that up with you specifically because I have learned you do something pretty wonderful with rocks. So tell us about that. Yeah, I kind of just paint rocks and hide them in places for other people to find and either take, rehide, or leave there. That's a lovely kind of surprise for someone to stumble upon. What do you paint on the rocks? I usually paint kind messages or just little drawings. You're getting pretty good. Some of those drawings are becoming pretty intricate. That's just lovely. I, I kind of smile dreaming about like some archaeologist in the future, like finding this and studying it, and it ends up like in a museum, you know, and it was all your handiwork. And then Jana, you know, obviously as parents, it's wonderful to sort of see our kids have these talents, especially if we don't have those talents. I certainly don't have an artistic talent and then cultivate them. So tell me about this community that you have helped Nika form around this rock messaging. 
So our family did a lot of traveling in the summer. That was typically what we did. And when Rico was first diagnosed with sarcoma, it was the summer after Nika's kindergarten year. And we spent a lot of time at the library. And every time we went, Nika wanted to check out a craft book. And it was like, you know, how to knit your own stuffed animals, how to tie dye. And God bless her soul. She found painting rocks. And I'm like, this is the easiest and cheapest one. We're going with this. Because we had checked out every craft book in the entire children's <laughs> section of the library. And so we started doing that. Um, we spent a lot of time on our porch. It was something we could all do, even though, you know, Rico was home, he could still sit there, even though his leg wasn't working. And we could paint. And I had mentioned to Nika that sometimes people would hide them for others. And she, you know, in her six-year-old exuberance was like, oh, can we do that? I want to do that. And then she's like, can we have an Instagram so we can know if people find them? I said, for sure. And so the first rock you hid was where? I think it was McDonald's. It was McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little smiley face rock. And Actually, the smiley face was at my school. Oh, you're right. The smiley uh, face at was McDonald's. At it was like a blue and purple ombre with like a peace sign on it. Yes, it was a peace sign rock at McDonald's. And we hit it. We were just like, you know just goofing, kind of like, you know, we'll just do some fun things with the kid. We can't really go anywhere or do anything. And it sort of turned into, um, there was a local following just in our community going, oh my gosh, there's this little girl there that paints rocks and, you know, her family's having a hard time. And it blossomed there. And do you want to tell them a little bit about how it kind of came about and how it grew a bit? I guess I was just a kid posting pictures of me and my rocks until a group in Minneapolis called the Spread Sunshine Gang heard about me and they asked if they could host a rock painting party with me. It was sort of a big party and I had to just come back from... She had just come I, back yeah, from I an anxiety this, camp yeah, um, because Nika has something called selective mutism. Mm -hmm. Makes it kind of hard for her to speak yeah, to I'd others. Just come back and she that. just come back from that. Oh, wow. And I thought it was really fun to be with so many people doing kind deeds. So I started working on other projects with other people. I started hosting my own events, like 100 Kind Deeds Day, Skate for Sarcoma, The Gratitude Tree, The Giving Tree, Bake Sales, Teacher Appreciation Days. It's amazing all the things that you accomplished in your young life. Yeah. When her dad's sarcoma came back for the second time, uh, Nika had asked us, why? Why did this come back? And we explained to her that sarcoma wasn't something that had a lot of funding. So there weren't great medicines for it. And I don't get it. What do you mean a lot of funding? And we we described to her that in order to create new medicines, you need money. And she goes, oh, well, then I'm having a bake sale. Her dad just kind of was like, oh, I don't want to crush this kid's spirit, but that's not going to, okay, you know. So we helped her make some Rice Krispie bars and chocolate chip cookies and shook them down around the edge of the block. And within about 45 minutes, she'd raised about $1,000. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. I know. And she came back and, you know, her dad's an accountant. She's all like, how much do you think I made? And he was like, $7, I don't know. And it was way more than $7. So I think Mika figured I could make a difference doing some of this stuff. And off she went. That is just incredible. Nika, I don't know if you know the phrase, be the change you want to see in the world, but it strikes me that that definitely applies to you. And I'm also so thrilled that like your efforts resonated with your community. And it's, it's funny, you mentioned being online, you know, a lot of other doctors that I work with actually think that I shouldn't be on social media. They've said it's unprofessional or it's frivolous, or even that I'll just encounter more mean people than nice people. Actually, my experience has been quite the opposite. 
I find so many nice people online. It sounds like you have not just encountered that kindness, you've been spreading that kindness. And I just, I'm very grateful to you because I think you're making both the real world and the online world better places. Thank you. And I also appreciate that you're talking to a complete stranger on a podcast. That's not easy to do. I know that might provoke some anxiety, but again, I appreciate you doing it. So can I ask, and again, this is a personal question. This comes from me being, again, at one point, a child who lost a parent. Can you tell me how the Life Rocks project, how does that support you at this really difficult time where I know you're missing your dad? Um, is that hard for you to answer? Yeah, but I guess it, that's a little bit tricky. I do help Nika manage her page. So some of that stuff that she doesn't always see, but I would say, you know, she has these followers that have just been really supportive to her through every part of her journey. And I think sometimes when you're going through something so massive and so life altering, you can feel really lonely. It can feel like I'm the only person in the world that feels like this, or you start to kind of close in on your world and take care of those immediate things around you. But every time Nika posted a picture of her and her dad or an update, there were all these messages of we're thinking about you, we love you. There were cards coming in, little gifts, people just love bombing us, our entire family. It's a great phrase. Yes, it was so incredible because despite everything that was so sad and so awful and that we knew was coming down the pike, we knew that the world was such a good place and there was so much love in this world that we were still a part of that. And that was still a part of who our family belonged to. And I think just knowing that and having that support, knowing that it exists out there in the world is helpful, even if it's not right in your home, even if it's not a person that you're speaking to face to face, knowing that you're part of a world that is so beautiful was really helpful to all of us. Oh, that's just beautiful to hear. It sounds like it has at least partly helped with healing as you mourn. And I'll say, you know, you kind of get what you give, right? Like what you send out tends to return to you. And I just think you guys are a beautiful example of that as a family. Nika, I have to tell you, I am an only child. So I grew up with no siblings. Aside from when I was very, very young, I didn't have any pets. And so, you know, when your mom talks about sort of feeling isolated, especially when you're sad, I get that. And again, I applaud the fact that all these nice things that you're doing are kind of coming back to you. I think you deserve that. Speaking of nice things that you've done, and you already mentioned this a little bit in passing, tell me about your good deeds in a day. And then what's your record number of good deeds in a day? Because I think just like the dollars that you brought back from your bake sale, I think people are going to be pretty stunned by the number of good deeds. Yeah. So 100 Kind Deeds Day is like one day on Black Friday where we get together like a bunch of our followers and we all try to do 100 Kind Deeds. And the record one was last year where we tried to do a thousand and we got to like 1,048 or something. I think we got to 1,400. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I love it. Well, and I also love that you've taken that day in particular because, you know, Thanksgiving is a, is a wonderful celebration. Being a Black Friday, and I'm not saying this is wrong, but it's often a day that people kind of go shopping and get stuff for themselves, right? And so I think you've sort of taken that and sort of retained the spirit of that particular holiday. And I think maybe you express gratitude by showing kindness. That's really incredible. And a lot of us are lucky if we do one nice thing a day and you're racking up the quadruple digits. 
<laughs> well, that was actually how that came about. Nika had asked me what Black Friday was. And I told her and I told her how, you know, like cabbage patch kids were a thing and there were people fighting over them. And her little brain was going, what? Well, I've never seen this craziness. What are you talking about? And she said, what if we tried to just do nice things that day instead? And then she went, oh, what if we tried to do a hundred nice things? And I was like, we can try. And her dad was always a part of it. And he, we were always, you know, running around everywhere. We'd go to the children's hospital, the veterans home, just different activities we would do, the Humane Society. And so this year I asked Nika, I said, what's up with 100 Kind Deeds Day? Because her dad had only passed away about a at the end of September. So it was about a month before we do our planning. And I really thought, even though we had planned, this would be her fifth year and this would be a big year. We're going to do something great. I really thought, I get it. I don't know if we can do it. And I said, what do you think we're going to do for 100 Kind Deeds Day? You know, we don't have to. She goes, oh, we're doing it. <laughs> I did not say that. She definitely said, oh, we're doing it. Probably not as sassy as I just said it, but you did say that. And she was like a million. And I was like, I did oh not gosh. say that. Definitely that was, you, you and that Nikki. That was our friends. Like, well, yeah. that was you and Nikki talking here. Yes. And so a million, but we whittled it down and we got to a thousand. That's where she set her goal and it happened. That's awesome. I absolutely love it. Talk about, you know, numbers and orders of magnitude of scale. And I love the fact that you think big. Nika, I think that's going to serve you very well in life. And I think it already has. Nika, again, you know, person to person here, can you tell me, and this is a, this is a difficult question, and if you don't want to answer it, I understand, but is there anything that you would say to other kids who've lost a parent and specifically to cancer? I don't really know a lot of kids who've lost parents. I know my mom lost hers when she was a kid, but that's it. So I think just enjoy time with your parents and all of the weird, goofy things they do. <laughs> yes, exactly. Janet, I, again, I, I hate to intrude, but do you mind telling me a little bit about your experience there? So I lost my mom to cancer when I was six years old uh, as well. And it was one of the things that Rico and I kind of looked at each other and we said that that's horrible, but we were also able to look at each other and said, but it's survivable. And there are things we know we probably shouldn't do. And there may be things that we can't do. And so, as you know, that's a hard trauma that sticks with you and sort of shapes who you become and who you are. And it definitely did. And I do remember you just, even as I had kids going, they just won't have to live my life. They won't live that life. That was a hard, and here we are. And I remember Nika was in kindergarten and I had come to pick her up after one of her dad's treatments and she was drawing a picture, a card for her dad. And it was almost identical to the card I had drawn for my mom. And I just broke down. Yeah. And the kindergarten teacher came over and she hugged me and she was like, just go sit and color with her. And I did. And there are definitely some parallels. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how these things sort of echo through the generations. And, and you're right. That's a, a trauma that we would never want our own children to experience. Unfortunately, as you know, it's not something we can necessarily avoid. And, uh, and Nika, I've had, I've had cancer myself. I had a cancer operation, gosh, four years ago now. And obviously I made it through, but you know, I think even for my children, I think it was a realization that I'm a human being too. And I think I think you've already realized again at at a young age that your parents are are people, and and the fact that you've already learned to prize the time that you have with your loved ones is such a, a valuable lesson, and one that actually many people don't learn until they're much much older than you. It's a hard lesson; it only comes through uh, you know, difficult times, through some suffering, but um, it's an important one. And then, uh, Gina, again, back to you as a as a mom, as a fellow parent, you seem like a wonderful 
uh, shoulder for Nika to lean on. And I can tell you've supported her through this, this loss that you've experienced. You know, you lost your husband. Are there other ways you haven't mentioned that you feel like you've supported your kids? I think it would be a disservice to kind of pretend like I have it all figured out. I don't. None of us do. And it's been really difficult. I will say, like I said, I lost my mom. And Rico and I at one point looked at each other and we said, the silver lining is at least we know what to do. Well, as he began to deteriorate and I became solo parenting more, I went, I don't know what to do. I just know what not to do, but I certainly don't know what to do. So there were more things that I came up with saying, I shouldn't do this because this was difficult for me. You know, we did want to be honest. We did want our kids to be able to be present when they wanted to be and when they felt comfortable being there. We were lucky in the fact that although Rico had glioblastoma and a lot of people lose their ability to talk and swallow and those kinds of things until his very last day, he had speech. And so the night before he died, we were all able to be around him. I will say this, we're a pretty close family and we've all supported each other. So the one thing that I've noticed is every kid grieves differently. You know, some are sad, some are angry, some are withdrawn, but also we grieved at different times. I had one child that really, even at the service, I was kind of thinking, this kid isn't processing what's happening, but said kid had their own sort of breakdown a couple of weeks ago. And then another kid, it came a little bit later. It came around New Year's. And for myself too, sometimes I'm lying on a ball in the basement on the couch. And then I just feel a little blanket pulled up over me and get a little kiss on my cheek. And we're all just sort of watching out for each other. And we're all grieving different times in different ways, but we're together in that grief and nobody's hiding it. Well, there's so much to unpack there, one of which is I really appreciate your humility, you know, to say that, you know, none of us as parents have it all figured out. As you know, all too well, it does not come with an instruction manual. And if it did, it would have to be different for each child, right? Oh, 100%. Nika, the other thing that you may already know this is adults actually talk about stages of grief. And you may have heard this, you may have not. And people talk about this sort of stepwise process of denial, anger, bargaining, and then acceptance. And I guess what I've realized, and Jana, you may agree with me, I don't know if everybody really goes through it. And I certainly don't think everyone goes through it in that sequence. And I don't think it's a prescription. I think it's a description of how a lot of people handle grief. But Jana, as you said, like it also happens at different times for different folks. And that includes both adults and children. So no, thank you guys so much for sharing that. And again, I hope I'm not being too painfully intrusive. On a happier note, Nika, you strike me as someone that has connected to these different groups. Do you feel like it's important to be part of a community? I guess, yeah, I do. I think that sometimes, especially with Nika's selective mutism when she was younger, we spent a lot of time telling Nika, the world is a good place. Just give it a shot, you know? And selective mutism is its own beast. And it takes a lot of people around you to sort of encourage you and say, hey, we're all here and we're all supportive. So without that community, I don't think that we would be where we are now. And I think just as humans, we're there to cheer each other on. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child, but I feel like it's still taking a village to raise me. You know, I still need that village. And although Rico was very much an extrovert, Nika and I are much more introverted. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, we are a little bit introverted. So we're not people who had an easy time reaching out. Yeah. But definitely that, that community was around us no matter what. We would come home and there would be families just 
mowing our lawn or I walked in one day and one of my friends was just in doing the dishes and I was, how did you even get in the house? I, but those kinds of things just happened for us. And I had a friend say to me, trouble's a part of your life. And if you don't share that trouble with people, you don't give them a chance to love you enough. And they are going to do things. So you might as well tell them what needs to be done because they're just going to start doing stuff you don't need or want done. And so that had to get a little easier for all of us to say, yeah, a sleepover would feel fun tonight. Or yeah, you can bring tacos over. Or thanks for mowing my lawn. Because if we didn't say those things, it was other things happening that maybe we just didn't need at that time. Yeah, those are all wonderful, discreet examples of how people were supporting you guys. You know, let's be honest, through good times and, and not so good times. And, you know, there's all these phrases, Nika, like there's the seasons of life and everything has its, its time in those seasons. And I think, again, I want to make sure you guys give yourselves enough credit. Not only have you, I think, been supported by communities, I think you've contributed to communities. And again, Nika, you've done that at a very young age. And that is so, so commendable. So if I can ask about partnership, what was it that inspired you to work with Conquer Cancer to raise funds for cancer research? Was it this notion that your dad's treatments weren't quite what you'd hoped they'd be and that you knew that this was going to kind of help support progress there? Yeah, pretty much. One of the reasons that we chose Conquer Cancer was when we realized he had glioblastoma again, his doctor had said, this is sort of like lightning striking twice. You've had two super rare cancers. Right. At this point, they don't seem related. Who knows what science will find down the road, but they're not related and you have two super rare cancers. So again, we had to explain to our kids, there isn't funding for this. It's under-researched, underfunded. And so we actually went online, Nick and I went online and we looked through Charity Navigator to see where those funds were going. Because as you know, and I think a lot of people know, with a lot of foundations, the money isn't always going where you think it should be. And this was important for us for this money to go to research. And one of the things Nika and her brother did was they had designed a kind of hippie style shirt that said, this life rocks in honor of her dad. But the money we wanted to be earmarked for glioblastoma research. And one of the things that Conquer Cancer allowed us to do was to talk to you guys and say, can we earmark that to go to something specific? And they said, you absolutely can earmark that. We're going to make sure that fund goes to glioblastoma research. And so we were able to do that and we felt confident about it because Conquer Cancer was so transparent with where their funding was going and they were so transparent with us as to where they could send it and how that money would be utilized. That was a big, big deciding factor for us in who we were going to work with. That's so well said. And Nika, I have to tell you my personal story there is when I was exactly your age, when I was 11 years old, my father was super sick. He was in the hospital with an infection. And his problem was really that his immune system was uh, next to nothing after treatment. And you may have seen your dad go through things like this too. But what inspired me here was his oncologist, his doctor came in to the intensive care unit and gave him a drug that had just that week been approved to be used in the United States by our government, by the Food and Drug Administration. And I guess what that taught me, that got my dad another three years on this earth, three years I got to spend with him and that I was profoundly grateful for. But, you know, progress happened for him at just the right time. And I know it's hard. I know you can look back now and say, well, progress didn't happen fast enough for my father. And I know that that is true. On the other hand, the contributions you're making are allowing progress to happen at the right time for other people. And I think there's a profound selflessness in what you're doing. You've gone through this thing, but you're trying to help other people deal with things now and in the future. And I'm just really grateful to you for that. 
Um, do you feel, Nikia and Jana, you can feel free to answer this too. Do you feel like this is a way in which you're helping to conquer cancer? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I do uh, think that, you know, Nika, we talk a lot around here about not liking the term, you know, battling cancer, or fighting cancer, because we can't just want it hard enough or just be tough enough and then it's going to go away. But uh, I think one of the things that we've really focused on is how we conquer this situation is not by fighting the things we hate, but by saving the things we love. Yes. So saving the parts of Rico that were outgoing and curious and fun and generous and putting that out into the world is how we will conquer what took him from us and how we will help keep his spirit in the world. Gosh, that was just absolutely beautiful, Gina. Thank you. I completely agree with sort of reframing it not as a a battle against this evil force, but really as a celebration of the human spirit. And again, one that allows us to remember our loved ones long after they've physically left us. And Nika, if I, if I may say so, first of all, thank you for kind of coming out of your comfort zone. I know you and your mom kind of both have been at points. This is not easy. And I, I really, really appreciate you talking to me and to our audience. And what I wanted to tell you again, child to child at this point is my dad has never left me. I'm a lot older than you. His picture is right over my shoulder. You can probably see it there. He's literally a part of what I do every day. And I, I just want you to know that's how our parents, they live on through us. And you're already doing that. And the fact that you're doing that at such a young age, you've got such a long and I hope happy life ahead of you. And I'm just grateful for you being who you are. So again, thank you both for talking to me today. Yeah, thank you for letting us. Oh, you bet. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Oh, you bet, Gina. We really appreciate it. We appreciate the work that you're doing as well. Well, as you've very beautifully put it, we are, we're all in this together and we're doing it for people that we have loved so that other people hopefully don't have to suffer quite as much. Absolutely. Thank you. Honestly, all the gratitude is coming your direction. And with that, I also thank you for listening to this podcast, which was brought to you by Conquer Cancer, the ASCO Foundation. For doctor approved patient information, please visit cancer.net, which is supported in part by Conquer Cancer donors. Conquer Cancer is creating a world where cancer is prevented or cured and every survivor is healthy. You can help by donating now at conquer.org forward slash podcast. The participants of this podcast report no conflicts of interest relevant to this podcast. Full disclosures can be found on the episode page on conquer.org. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. This is not a substitute for professional medical care and is not intended for use in the diagnosis or treatment of individual conditions. Guests on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Guest statements on the podcast do not express the opinions of ASCO. The mention of any product, service, organization, activity, or therapy should not be construed as an ASCO endorsement.